You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. I think what happened on Monday night for anyone who has CeeDee Lamb was great. One, he had a solid, solid week for you. Hopefully, he helps you get the dub, right? But he also provided you with a nice point total for the game log, so now you can go shop him, right? Uh, right. I, I don't see any signs that things are getting better for CD. And, and what do I mean? He performed, right? He caught all seven of his targets, but those seven targets made up only 23% target share. This year, CD Lamb has a 22% target share for the season. Last year, he was at 29%. This year, CD's at a 28% target share. Last year, I'm sorry, this year, CD was at a 28% air yard share. Last year, he was at 35%. When you look at the last three years of wide receiver one utilization, that, that those averages are provided by Dwayne McFarlane over at FantasyLife.com. CeeDee Lamb was getting wide receiver one usage last year. This year, his target share and air yard share is indicative of a fantasy wide receiver two. It's very possible he's still being viewed as someone who can bounce back and get that usage back up. Because the talent, like the talent that CD Lamb has, it's one of a guy who should be getting way higher target share and air yard numbers. But if you look at the target share numbers that he's had this year, he had that one thirty-five percent target game in week two. But otherwise, thirty-seven. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Otherwise, seventeen percent, nineteen percent, seventeen percent, nineteen percent, and then twenty-three percent on Monday night. Okay, so you're not going to be able to get many elite games from CD if that's going to continue. And, you know, someone might think they're buying a wide receiver low from you. I'm sorry. Someone might think they're buying a wide receiver one low from you. So I try and sell him now off of this game and let them feel like how you've been feeling with CD over the first six games of this year. Yeah, it's just crazy cd lamb you look at him he passed the eye test i don't know why they don't throw it more to him that's been like one of the points that dallas has been making like we need to throw the ball to cd lamb more but if throwing the ball to cd lamb more is just seven targets like that, that's not going to be enough and at this point it's out of cd lamb's hands you know it has it goes back to the play calling the way that dallas has been running the ball they, they've been leaning on it the passing volume isn't there like it's been and it's cd lamb he's catching it you mentioned he had 100 catch rate 
on those seven targets last night. He's just not getting the target. So is there an explanation for this? There is. It's the coaching. There's more to that. I could go on about that. I'm going to save every spare everybody that conversation. But it is interesting because I saw a tweet by RJ Ochoa, just a guy that's he's a Cowboys cover. He covers the Cowboys. He put out that the first six games of CeeDee Lamb's four seasons with the Cowboys, in each of those seasons, he started pretty darn slow. Like this year, he has 475 yards and 34 receptions and a touchdown. Last year, it was pretty much the same thing. He had 33 receptions, 497 yards. Granted, he had three more touchdowns. So just something to keep in mind that he's had these quiet starts before he could turn around. But the difference here is I'm looking at the way the Cowboys run offense, and I'm going to say it might not happen this year like it did last year where he came back and he had those big games. And that leads right into my cell, who's also on the same team, who's also suffering because of the play calling. And that's Dak Prescott. Like we knew coming into the matchup that the matchup was good for Dak Prescott against Chargers. He delivered. He had an overall QB1 finish. It doesn't really feel that groundbreaking. Like 25 fantasy points feels a bit watered down to be the top scoring player at the position, don't you think? Like it didn't feel like a QB1 performance, but it was for last week. There are a few things working against Dak here. And number one is the way he scored his points last week. He had 40 yards on the ground and a touchdown. That counts for nine of his 25 points on the night. Dak has just one rushing touchdown in each of his past three seasons. He's rushed for 40 or more yards just twice in that same time span. So there's no reason to expect that that rushing upside is going to continue to be there moving forward. He just doesn't run the ball. He'll have those games and he looks good. But other than that, there hasn't been any upside with Dak to speak of. Then there's the fact that he's only thrown for more than one touchdown in just one game this season against your Jets. And there's no in-between for Dallas in terms of how they're playing. If they're winning, they're winning by a lot, and Dallas doesn't have to throw. Just look at the games against the Giants and the Patriots. But if they're losing, it's because the offense is getting dominated and the scoring upside is low. They average He's averaged 11 fantasy points per game combined against Arizona and San Francisco. And the offense in those games has only scored 13 points per game. If you watched the game the other night, Mike McCarthy's not a good play caller right now. Dallas's offense is still super inconsistent in the red zone where points are scored, and that's going to hurt his ceiling moving forward. There are, so, there are some good matchups coming up, but they're against quality competition, and Dallas hasn't unleashed Dak Prescott yet this season. I'm selling on this performance and moving for a guy like Brock Purdy who has a higher week-to-week floor with a higher ceiling as well. I think Dak Prescott, this, this finish that he had last week, is good enough to sell him because he hasn't been horrible, but he hasn't been good to the point where you're happy having him as your quarterback. I'm moving him to upgrade at the position, even if it's just by a little bit. I agree, man. Like he has a buy coming up here. You know, you can move him. He's roster in 86% of leagues. So he's he's on your roster and he's kind of like making a hole in your roster right now, right? And I agree. Brock Purdy, Matt Stafford, Josh Dobbs, even like these guys have higher floors than Dak. You know, and I feel like there is really no reason to to be, you know, kind of trying to get something out of him for the rest of the year. And the way that he scored the fantasy points this week, you know, not something that you can kind of rely on, just like you mentioned. So, right. yeah, man, I'm this Dallas Cowboys offense is uh, is a little iffy, uh, to say the least. Let me get into my next sell. You might already have Curtis Samuel on your roster. You might have just picked him up off of waivers this week. I'm trying to package him up right now while that game log is looking real pretty over the last three weeks, okay? Uh, He's looking like a nice, safe start. A lot of people can use someone like him, you know, as the second piece of a package that you put together. Uh, You know, uh, let's say you're trying to get a a higher-end wide receiver. Someone needs a running back. Maybe you package James Cook and Curtis Samuel, right? Or Ramondre Stevenson 
and Curtis Samuel, something like that. Uh, because Samuel has just been very efficient lately uh, in the last three games. A wide receiver 11 finish, wide receiver 13 finish, and a wide receiver 21 finish. 21% target share, 15% target share, 18% target share, averaging 16% target share over these three weeks. That's well below wide receiver three levels. Okay, uh, his air yard share, 7%, 18%, 13%, well below wide receiver three levels. Okay, uh, we saw something similar out of Samuel early in the year last year, uh, but it just fizzled into nothing, right? The difference between this year and the beginning of last year, though, according to Fantasy Life's utilization report, was that he was averaging a 23% target share over those first seven weeks, right? So that was legit, right? He's not even getting mm -hmm. that now. So he's clearly overperforming. I'd move him now before he turns into a pumpkin and he has no value, right? You might just end up dropping him in a few weeks. So is he still a spot start right now? Yeah, you know, I'm still riding that momentum, but I wouldn't be surprised if the production just vanishes into thin air at some point. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I think this is a perfect call. And this isn't a guy that you're going to be like moving one for one. You're not going to say, oh, right. I'm going to give you Curtis Samuel for, I don't know, that Puka. You're not going to have that, obviously. <laughs> That's a drastic example. But it, this isn't someone that ideally you want to move one for one. Like you mentioned, I like the Ramondre Stevenson Curtis Samuel combo. If you can, if you have that, I think that has a lot of opportunity to, you know, move and get you some value where you wouldn't have that type of value in a couple of weeks, like you mentioned with Curtis Samuel potentially fizzling out. Ramondre Stevenson was another guy that I was looking to sell because he the offense is just horrific. This is the first week that they've scored points. He looks good. But outside of that, with New England, you know, the Patriots just don't score enough points. They're not getting in the end zone enough for him to have any type of touchdown upside. It's all empty yards for Stevenson. So I'm selling on him too this week. Just a little side note right there. But with Curtis Samuel, you mentioned it's the same thing. I think this is liable to shift in Jahan Dotson's favor at some point. I just don't understand how you can get by giving him one target last week. I think that's going to change moving forward. They do have some good matchups coming up. They got the Giants next week. They got the Eagles after that, who had allowed Curtis Samuel to have his first big game in this stretch of big games. But I'm still out on Curtis Samuel with you on this one. I think, like you mentioned, that, right, that wave of momentum can continue for a few more weeks, but it's going to stop at some point. And I think it's going to be sooner rather than later because, again, I'm the Jahan Dotson guy here. I, I think that he's going to eventually come into his own here and actually have the fancy value we want him to have. So if you're sitting on your waiver wire, definitely pick him up. I know some people have been saying he's droppable, but that's just something to keep in mind. I literally just dropped him like 30 minutes ago, Zach. So Yeah, I, I didn't see that. So maybe maybe I'll scoop him up because I need you might want to scoop him up in a lot of my leagues. Yeah. So yeah, just Go throwing that it. out there. I, I think it'll I think it'll swing back, but we'll see. <laughs> anyway, I got another sell, and this one might bother some people. I don't know, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But my sell is Derrick Henry. He might not necessarily have hit that age cliff just yet. We talked about that coming in season, but the Titans' offense being a dumpster fire and Tajay Spears coming out and splitting snaps with Henry, it's it's just fast tracking his approach to that cliff. Like Fancy Life's utilization report says that Spears has a 50% snap share for the season through six weeks, 
And he's eating up a ton of valuable work in the passing game. Like you mentioned, reps in the passing game are worth a lot more than touches in the ground game. 49% route participation against Henry's 32%. 13% target share for Spears versus Henry's 7%. 90% of long down and distance snaps to Henry's 3%. And 86% of two-minute snaps versus Henry's 14%. That's made Henry, whether you want to like to admit it or not, like it's he's a touchdown-dependent RB2 this year, right now. And the problem isn't that Henry's hitting that cliff. Like I still see him on the field. He's breaking off runs. He's doing Derrick Henry things. Like it's not that he's hitting that cliff, which would be out of his control, but it's something predictable, like backfield by committee that's killing him. It's the usage that's causing his value to fall. In games where Henry doesn't score a touchdown, he's averaging 8.4 points per game. Like the Titans are also the 26th team in scoring offense in the NFL right now. And that's been with Ryan Tannehill at QB. That could realistically get worse now that he's out with a high ankle sprain. And Tennessee's going to be relying on Malik Willis to command the offense. Could that mean more work for Derrick Henry? Possibly. But I don't think I'm willing to bet on Derrick Henry right now being able to power this offense through and be everything for the Titans on offense at this point, especially if they're going to keep using Tajay Spears the way they've been. I'm all for a little optimism, giving the guy a chance, Malik Willis, but the offense is not going to be good enough to make Henry a consistent fantasy producer, like I mentioned, unless they completely bail in the passing game and return Derrick Henry to his heyday 25-carry-a-game workload that we saw last year and the years before. It's not going to happen. Derrick Henry's next two weeks include a bye this week and a tough matchup against the Falcons' defense. That's allowing the fourth-fewest fantasy points to the position through six weeks. If I can package up Henry, maybe move him for a guy like Kenneth Walker, I'd take that deal all day long. Like, Henry and, like you mentioned, Curtis Samuel. So, I don't, maybe they might have a little issue getting Kenneth Walker, but I think you can still upgrade at running back with Derrick Henry at this point because he has that good game last week. He had that long run. He looked good. He scored a touchdown. I'm selling Derrick Henry while I can. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It, it, it's, it's, this is going to get bad. It's gonna, it could get ugly. I'm hoping that the word, you know, with them talking that Malik Willis, you know, has taken a step forward and all that during the offseason, we've heard a lot of that. He's had a really good training camp. I'm hoping for it. I don't have my hopes up, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like I said, I'm all for giving him that chance, but I just have to see it first. And at this point, 100%. if I had to bet, I'm betting against the offense looking any better than it did this season. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 